Hi, everyone. Mitch from PickDogs.com. I've got Ryden Chris with me as usual. It is Monday, September 26, 2022. It is a light schedule. We've got a few of these Mondays coming up, and uh, it's just that time of year. But, you know, after, I would say, mid-October, um, it is all the way through. And actually, Ruffalo Day this year is actually a full NFL card. Um, so he can Ruffalo... Um, Christmas Eve again if he wants, but uh, it's going to be a pretty tough day to Ruffalo um, with a full card on on Christmas Eve. Normally a day where there's just one game and a day that we struggle and a day that Chris will take a Ruffalo. But the thing is, is that, you know, we've got just two of these Mondays this year. And it's nice, you know, where we have just the light schedule. Today we have four games. And then I believe the Monday, not, not next Monday, but the following Monday, um, I think it's October 8th is a tough one because it's the wild card start on Tuesday. So the only thing that we'll have is Monday night football. We might have, um, if there are teams that have to, that have to play it off, you know, for the division or for the wild card or anything like that, that will have on that day as well. But, um, looks right now like it's just going to be Monday night football that day, which is going to make for a tough day at the office for us. Um, a lot of um, you know interesting games as usual. NFL Sunday, only three NFL teams are undefeated after three weeks. This is how hard it is to run the table in the NFL, and how you know just anything can happen on any given day. And one of those teams actually plays tonight, so it could be two um, after after that. And you know, you look at last night's game. You know, eleven ten. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> I, I I don't know, but I'm off the snide with my primetime halftimes. I had um, Broncos, the under, and both team totals under. Swept the board there finally on the primetime halftimes. The regular halftimes, those 1 o'clock um, Eastern time halftimes, we've been killing it. But those primetime halftimes, um, over the years, I mean, I've had like halftime, primetime halftimes where I've hit every pick, you know, 10 shows in a row. This year I just couldn't get out of the gate, but now I'm over the hump and, um, you know, probably off to the races. Most people know those halftime shows are really my strongest picks that I have. Um, so, uh, yeah, last night I just I, I really, really liked that one with the Broncos and the, uh, and the under. I just thought that um, – Jimmy Garoppolo, whoa, does he suck, Chris? Huh? Yeah, I was I was on the Niners now, and I thought we'd at least get a little bit more of a uh, a competent offensive performance, and it looked decent early on. But and then, like you said, they see the safety where he walks out of the back of the end zone, and then really neither team get anything going. It was just you were kind of waiting for Denver to sort of find themselves and deliver that sort of one death blow that that uh, San Fran just couldn't come back from, and well, they did it. Seems to me that Jimmy Garoppolo is really good at completing balls to the turf. He can hit those hash mark um, markers pretty well and right on the line on the turf a few times, you know. But really, when it comes to anywhere near one of his receivers, um, it's like he's allergic. The ball's like allergic. And then, you know, the stupidity too. You know, the stepping out of the back of the end zone, that's unforgivable. I mean, that just, I mean, that's football 101. Um, you know, you, you know where you are on the field, right? And then, um, you know, he was lucky there because it would have been a pick six. And mm-hmm. and then, of course, the, taking the sack at the end of the game where you just can't take a sack in that spot. Um, you know, anything but a sack, right? That's what they always say. You know, anything yeah. but a sack. And, and this guy, you kind of see where the Niners were thinking about trading up to take a quarterback 
Unfortunately, you know, they took Trey Lance, but you could see why they traded up to take a quarterback and why they wanted to get rid of this guy and all those other things. It kind of all came full circle last night. But that Broncos defense is pretty good. And and in in all fairness, um, they are a fumble away from being undefeated, even though they haven't even played their best football, not even close. Um, They are a a fumble away or two fumble, right? I mean, they fumbled twice going into the end zone in a game they had one dead to rights. Um, So... That's that's the NFL for you, Rod. Um, Dolphins getting that win against Buffalo. It was a big one, and um, I know that you know for the Dolphins it was gigantic. Now they have a short week going to Cincinnati, and uh, you know that is a uh, you know never easy. Now you have to play against the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. They kind of played their best game of the season on Sunday against the Jets. What do you think? Uh, Tua a little banged up as well. Yeah, Tua's is a little banged up. Uh, all I hear is the talk that uh, he shouldn't have come back in that game, that maybe the concussion protocol gave him a little uh, slip by and he went right on through um, in that one. Um, but, yeah, the Dolphins got the win and they continue to roll. And you look at the Bengals, they uh, kind of got right uh, yesterday and uh, got themselves a win and looked like the uh, Bengals of old. So, tough spot coming up, but uh, I got faith. The Dolphins' defense looks really good. They held down that uh, that Buffalo offense. Um Holding them Buffalo offense to 19 points, that's a great job. Um, so it's not only the offense that's uh, rolling, the Dolphins' D is rolling, which is uh, really good to see. I'll tell you, the addition of Melvin Ingram just has been sensational, and I would say, you know, while he doesn't get the recognition of a lot of the players out there right now, he would be the defensive player of the week, the defensive player of the month, and the defensive player of the year. He had that touchdown against New England as well as the plays that he made in yesterday's game. He was, he was just everywhere. He decapitated um, Josh Allen a few times. I we haven't seen Josh Allen, who's known as a tough guy. We haven't seen him shaken up like he was shaken yesterday. I mean, he was absolutely just whacked a few times in that game. But we are getting into that time of the year. You know, it's like that first game of the season, kind of get all the rust out. You know, and kind of you know get in sync. And then game two, it's kind of like. Well, now we've got the rust out. Now we get to actually play. And now you're in game three, and it's kind of like you're in the routine again. And, you know, and now everyone's had a home game, and everyone, you know, it's kind of now we're really going to be into the thick of things. And the injuries will start to mount for, for a lot of these teams as well. And um, for us as well, you know, I've been bruised a few times on these games, you know, no doubt about it. I got, you know, I was on the Chiefs yesterday. I got bruised on that thing. But, you know, I had, I had, Few, I had a few good wins too. So, you know, it goes both ways um, in that one. Um, you know, Chris, who, who's the most surprising NFL team to you to the upside? For me, probably the Giants. <laughs> we'll have to see how that fares going into tonight. But it kind of, at, at times, it's made me wonder, you know, what could have been if this team was actually healthy the entire time that we've seen, you know, Daniel Jones. I know he, he's had issues with turnovers early on in his career, but. Again, there was a lot of times where, you know, his his best guys were out of the lineup, like Sterling Shepard, missed Saquon Barkley for pretty much an entire season. And just makes you wonder if maybe a couple of those four-win seasons maybe could have been seasons closer to 500 if he actually had a full lineup. And we're starting to see, you know, at least the benefits of it early on this season. How about you, Rod? Who's the, who's the surprise team for you to the upside? Uh, Detroit. You look at that offense on Detroit. Uh, they just keep racking up the points. Um, they've, they've, they've 
tough tough loss yesterday. Uh, I think they should have beat the uh, the Vikings in that one. Um, but that Giants or the the Detroit team uh, definitely looks bright uh, for them. Um, their offense is rolling. Their defense is good. Their coach is good. They get. Uh, I think nothing uh, to hang your head at, and I think uh, me bashing them and going there awful, pretty bad. Uh, I think Swift and uh, they're starting to put pieces together. Watch out! I think the Lions uh, are coming. Yeah, for me, it's the Eagles. Um, I Jalen Hurts just not on my radar still, and you know we're getting to the point where I'm gonna have to like you know maybe backtrack on some of my comments, but we'll have to see. A lot of football left to be played, and Jalen Hurts certainly capable of blowing some big games. We've seen him do that throughout his um, college career as well. So um, we'll have to see how this all plays out. But so far, he has been lights out, and um, you know, through three games, um, there is 14 more games ahead of him in the regular season. So we're not crowning anyone the MVP or the uh, or the or the world champions yet. How about to the downside, Chris? To me, it you know. I thought the L.A. Chargers were the most overrated team coming into into this season, and uh, so far they've proved me to be correct in that regard. Their one win was against the Raiders on opening day, and even in that one, they left the door wide open for the Raiders to, to win that game. Um, what do you think, Chris? Uh, yeah, it is, you know, to be taken with a grain of salt, but uh, I think Tampa Bay, I know injuries have played a lot into, into that, but you know, you always think of, think of Tom Brady, you think of a, a you know, a dynamic offense and you know, that he's going to be able to move the football downfield, but the offense has been disappointing. Only scored 12 points yesterday. They scored, I think they struggled to get to 20 against Tampa Bay. They had to kick four field goals and, and you know, we're lucky to get a touchdown against Dallas in the opener. I think Tampa Bay for me, I think this is a, a team that, you know, is, Definitely disappointed compared to what we thought was going to happen coming into the year. Do you think that Brady has too much say in the offense with the, having a defensive head coach now, um, with Bruce Arians, you know, no longer coaching the team, Todd Bowles taking over? Potentially, but I think that's what we've always seen with with you know a Todd Bowles led team. You know, I think we saw it with when he's with the Jets, and um, I think yeah, like I said, we're seeing it now. I think Tom Brady. It's almost like the LeBron James thing where he's the coach and GM of a, a part of the team. Well, you know, Tom Brady's too much of a say in the offense. And I think uh, at a certain point, you got to have a, have a leader that's going to sort of take the reins out of the quarterback's hands as good as Tom Brady has been. So, yeah, I think that could definitely be a detriment. Rod, how about you? And for me, uh, the biggest disappointment you got to look is uh, the, the Raiders here. You look at the Raiders, 0-3 to start the year. Who would have who thought the Raiders would have started the season uh, 0-3? Um, you figured they were going to improve to start the season. They looked pretty good last year going on along, and uh, so far this season, uh, not looking so good. Rough schedule. Uh, three rough, rough schedule. Rough schedule to start, yeah. We'll but there's schedule. no easy games in the NFL. But, but no. definitely rough schedule. So for me, it's, it's, it's the Raiders. We'll see what they can do going forward, but uh, it looked like a nice fade the rest of the year to me. <laughs> and no faith in the Raiders. Got um, any any coaches that you think are either on the hot seat or um, coordinators or anything that you think are on the rise, Chris? You know, any like units that you think you know, um, you know, are coaches that are just probably may, might be in trouble. Well, the uh, the obvious answer here would be Matt Rule. Um, you know, considering that that's he what makes a, a lot of his- lot of money. I mean, it would be. Um, 
I would, before you say that, um, I would say, um, you know, he looked at the contract. No, I know. And he's yeah, he's I, I, not in any trouble whatsoever. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, he makes, um, he, he has a contract where it would be very, very tough to fire him at this point in the contract. Yeah. Well, the other the other name I was going to throw out, and I think it, it's only because you know we're seeing with, with Justin Herbert's injury, but Brandon Staley could be on the hot seat if you have another couple rough outings. The seat could be very warm because I think expectations have been sky high for the Chargers this year. They see what the ceiling was with Justin Herbert leading leading the way, and you know expectations were to fight for the division this year, and, and you know it posted double digit win total. And right now, after getting their doors blown off by Jacksonville yesterday, we'll have to see if that's just an anomaly or if this is a, a Chargers team that maybe needs some new leadership that could be in trouble right now. So rules on a seven-year, sixty-something million-dollar contract, oh. and um, there—I mean—but there's talks that he could go, but I don't know how much of it is him. So it's seven years, sixty mil. So it's about eight and eight and change, eight and a half million a year um, that you're into him for. Um, he signed that in January 2020. So, I mean, you're in the front end of that thing. Rod, how about you? Any any coaches you think are uh, are gone? Bill Belichick. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, I think he's going to retire. He's, 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 staying where he's, he's going to retire pretty soon, yeah. I think so. Uh, I think he's uh, well on his way to retire. Looking for soon. the record probably um, from Shula. You, Mike McCarthy, we know, and he, he's on the hot seat. Yep. Uh, Roger, I think, at the Commanders. Um, I think he's on the hot seat. There's After yesterday. Hot seat. The Commanders definitely, uh, not good. definitely not looking good. I think uh, his, his his butt's on fire. <laughs> Ron Rivera is going to be the next coach fired. I think Josh McDaniels is permanently permanently on the hot seat whenever he takes a head coaching job, and now an 0-3 is... <laughs> I would say for me, D'Amico Ryan's. They were showing him a lot on the sideline for the 49ers yesterday, man. He, this guy's going to be a good head coach. He was a great player, man. Um, Texas A&M, right? He's the Texans. Yeah. He's just. Yeah, I forgot about D'Amico Ryan's. Man, they showed him last night. He's he looks like he's like 15 years old, and I'll tell you, <laughs> man, he's going to be a good head coach. He's got that defense. It was not. It certainly wasn't the Niners' defense why they lost that game. <laughs> no way. Yeah. It was uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, a lot of people gonna be after D'Amico Ryan's. He was always like a coach on the field. How about for college, Chris? We head into week week five this this week. Not a lot of big big games, big matchups. This is kind of a good meat and potatoes week in college football. A lot of teams have bye weeks this week as well. Um, you know, my Miami Hurricanes, just, you know, one of the worst losses in program history, I would say. We've had some tough ones. We've had, you know, worse losses, but that one hurt because it felt like we were on our way back. And, you know, I think it just showed us that we are a little bit further away um, than we thought. But at the same time, we know we have a ton of talent on the roster. So not not a ton of concern, but um, certainly a little disheartening um, to lose that type of game. But, you know, we got some chances to uh, certainly make amends for it later on in the season. That's the beauty of playing in the ACC. Got Clemson and Florida State both on the schedule. So, uh, 
win both those games, all is forgotten. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> all is, that's the beauty of it. Um, any teams out there that you think are just, you know, super disappointing this year or, you know, teams that flying under the radar? I think, you know, some of these, you know, I think once again, Coastal Carolina, Liberty, these same teams, they just, you know, continue to deliver. I mean, Liberty lost one game by one point to Wake. That's it. Yeah, for for me, it's it's still Western Kentucky. I mean, this is a team that that I, I could argue could be four and zero with that win over. Uh, they gotten that win over Indiana, but the offense has hummed along despite you know changing from Bailey Zappi at quarterback to now Austin Reed, who was a D two quarterback, and he's come up. He's still you know he threw for three thousand or sorry four thousand yards in D two and stepped up in the offense. It looks like it hasn't skipped a beat. Just hung seventy three on FIU, but eh, maybe that's not saying a whole lot. But I still I'm still impressed with the. With Western Kentucky, and I can't believe I'm going to say this. Maybe I have to start putting a little bit of respect on Indiana's name. I know it's Tom Allen, but they they could easily be four and one after this week with a matchup against Nebraska, and you know all of a sudden this could be you know a, an eight or nine win team. You know with with Connor Basilek, a quarterback, former Missouri quarterback. Didn't so. they get slaughtered this week? I thought they. I thought they. I thought they won. They beat Cincinnati. No. Oh wait, no, they didn't. Oh, no, they did. Oh, sorry. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But I still think, you know, this This is still a team that if you had told me at this at this point in the year, they would be four and one if they get the win over Nebraska. I would have thought maybe you were crazy. I would have thought maybe two and three if they were lucky. You're crazy. What yeah, about crazy. Um, what about uh, Washington State's quarterback from Incarnate Word? You think people are going to start looking <laughs> to some of these teams for quarterbacks? I mean, I know they didn't win the I game. They didn't so. hold on to win, but it certainly wasn't his fault. No, yeah, no, I, I definitely think that, uh, yeah, you're going to start seeing a lot more of these, uh, <clears throat> these FCS and D two quarterbacks make the jump because there, there's there's some there's some gold hidden hidden there and then uh, I don't know where yeah like you said we've seen it from uh, Washington State's quarterback like I mentioned Western Kentucky a lot of transfers coming in that could make a difference. Rod, how about you? Any uh, any of these teams you're looking at? College football. Remember- for, for for me, you got to look at uh, Penn State. Um, Spies people four and zero start the season, playing really well. Um, Did not cover against Central. The other one this past weekend. Did not. No. Um, I don't think they were trying to. They just wanted to win in that one. Got the win nicely. Um, another team. You look at the uh, Washington Huskies. Um, they're four and zero. Is quietly four and zero. In a, in a conference, in a, Dennis Jr. is uh, looking real good there. In a conference where you can, um, where you can really make a move quickly because you know USC seen as you know one of the top teams there, but I mean I think that Washington offense is going to just carve them up and spit them out. I mean when they get their chance, um, yeah. Biggest point, Colorado. Colorado is awful. Buffaloes don't look doesn't terrible. look scary to go play in. in yeah, I would Colorado say Colorado anymore. <laughs> I would see here, anyways. <laughs> they might be trying to call D'Amico Ryan's there at Colorado to take over uh, the head coaching job. Um, <laughs> certainly have the money to do it. But let's get to uh, let's get to Monday Night Football. We've got you know the Giants taking on the Cowboys. This is a classic NFC East battle. We've seen backup quarterbacks and stuff in this game. You know, many times throughout the years. I always seem to play in these weird, you know, a lot of weird scores in these games. And this one, you know, they didn't, they don't have a number out there. 
it's going to really affect it um, in in any way. So the weird 1916, 1917. Did you hear them say last night during the game, and I listened to the sound after the halftime show, they said there's only been one game in history that ended 11 to 10. There was only one game in in the history of the NFL. There's only one, eh? Yeah, in in history <laughs> that ended 11 to 10 and there the score was 7 to 5 for a while and there was only one game in history that it was 7 to 5. That was 1936. Oh, you know, you feel like a long time ago. <laughs> I I like a defensive game. You know, I like it. I think tonight we see one again. I think it's, you know, this year's, someone said in the comments when Jay and I were on at halftime last night that you should just throw the unders out the window in the NFL. But this year, I think it's been pretty undery, you know. I think there's been a lot of unders. I saw a ton of them yesterday. Yeah. I think it was, I think the under I mean, all, 30, I think it's. All the afternoon I think games it's yeah, it's like 30, 17, and 1, I think I saw this season for the under. For the under, right? Yeah, it's been all yeah. unders. Over under. Because teams have changed their defenses. We saw the Niners change their defense, right, into this, you know, weird, you know, basically the whole idea now. It used to be, so the way that they did it before, the one the answer was before that, you get these guys that play man coverage. And you guys, have, if you've ever seen this show, then you've heard me say this before, is you get these guys that run like four 240s, the guy, fastest guys on the field that can jump the highest. You put them on corners as corners in man coverage, and then you blitz everybody else. You force the quarterback to make a bad throw, and hopefully this guy can outjump a receiver or run down the bad pass better than the receiver can. And that is how you play defense in the NFL now because they don't allow you to cover any other way and you just blitz on every single play. But now what, we, what we're starting to see is you pay up for defensive ends that can rush the passer. You pay up for nose tackles that not only can stop the run but can create that pressure up the middle like Chris Jones does. And then you drop everybody else back. And you make the quarterback try and weave their way down. And if they're going to beat you, you're not seeing these long touchdowns this year. You're not seeing them. Not even, you know, Jefferson or anything like that. Where you're seeing them is is just, I mean, you're seeing some. I mean, that's part of the game. But like Chanot's touchdown yesterday, that was basically just a missed tackle, you know, that that they went. But it's it's rare that you're seeing these guys just throwing it down the field. You've seen Tua hit a couple of them. But, I mean, he throws the best ball in the league. Yeah. No, as I said, he would last year, and you guys mocked me. Wait, because you even see Russell, you even see Russell Wilson. He doesn't usually. That's what he's king of the the downfield ball. And yep, uh, well, he got one yesterday, and that was only because it was an offside. He was like, "Yes, you're offside. Yes, I got to throw one deep." And you tell he got all excited. He was getting to throw one deep. So not uh, that away from him, and that's that's why Russell Wilson's struggling. They learned what he liked to do, and they're like, "Yeah, no, just take away the deep ball." Make him hit the underneath stuff. <laughs> a lot of teams are doing that, definitely. I agree. Yeah, but Tua, man, he could really, really throw it. And it's like when I said it last year, people were – I mean, they, I got ripped in the comments for an entire season for for those comments. But, boy, he's proven it. I mean, there's a reason he was supposed to go number one overall. And, you know, right now he's better than Herbert. 
Anyways, Chris, what do you think about tonight's game with the uh, Cooper Rush led Cowboys up against Daniel Jones and the Giants? I did my seven free props in uh, in in just five minutes, but I'm gonna have to rename that show. It's take it takes me more than five minutes, and I, I just can't even say. It. I'm gonna say seven props in less than seven minutes is what I'm gonna rename it. It just takes that long, um, but to do it. But um, and I'm rushing, you know. I mean, you guys see me. I'm rushing through it, but all the props for tonight's game. All the trends, everything says under on every single prop. Daniel Jones passing yards, Cooper Rush passing yards, Ezekiel rushing yards, CeeDee Lamb receiving yards, Saquon Barkley receiving yards. All those things were all under when I did, you know, the show this morning. And, you know, I don't I don't dig, dig, dig through the betting tools to do that, but I like doing I like the the seven props. I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna do an in, make a new intro for it today. I got I picked out the music. Good, you guys are gonna like it, but I'm gonna call it seven props in under seven minutes because it's like I can't do five minutes on the props. You can give yourself a couple extra minutes of wiggle room, an extra 40 percent. Yeah, I just, I just need some, I need some wiggle room. <laughs> well, for me today, I like the under, I do like the under in this game. Um, I think this is gonna be a game that's played a lot between the 20s, it's gonna be hard hitting, battle in the trenches. And I, I think this is a first to 20 wins kind of game if we even get that high on both sides. So I, I, I really like the under in this spot. Giants 12 and 1 to the under. <laughs> the last 13 games. Rod, what do you like? For me, this one, uh, yeah, it's just a divisional battle. So uh, you know it's going to be hard hitting uh, slobber knocker because you, you look both offenses and uh, they definitely uh, are anemic. <laughs> definitely not uh, racking up the points. Uh, on the offense side of the ball on both teams. So uh, I have to agree there. Um, for me, I'm going to take the uh, under first half. I was just trying to find a number what the under is in the first half because I think you got a lower scoring one in the first half. Uh, feeling each other out uh, to start the game. A lot of running. Uh, I think both teams are going to run the ball a lot because uh, we know that's what they like to do. Um, so I agree. I like the first half under in this one. Yeah, I, I just think fire with the second half. The Cowboys are the kings of the first quarter and the first half. So it's like that's one of the streaks that's out there. The Cowboys first quarter, first half, six in a row on each of those things. But um, to me, it's like, you know, we've seen Cooper Rush look pretty decent. You know, saw him look good last week and, you know, at least in the first half of the game. And, um, you know, we saw him look good when he came in for um, for Dak. But the thing that happens, and I, you know, I say this all the time in all the sports, is that when you have a guy that doesn't play that much, and when you see him, and he's, you know, even when you see him and he's with other players, like you know, the cow, NFL teams from year to year and baseball team year to year are not the same teams. A baseball pitcher is generally the same guy unless he learns a new pitch. So having film on him is having film on him. But an NFL quarterback, you have a different um, talent surrounding you on the team and, um, you know, having Amari Cooper as the primary target as opposed to, well, nobody, right, on the Cowboys as the primary target um, is a lot different. And having, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, can, you know, considered to be the guy carrying the bulk of the load as opposed to, um, you know, really split time back is what he is right now. Um, a little different. So the more film they get on Cooper Rush – the less effective he is going to be. And that is just, it's just straight facts. 
just the way that it is. And, you know, I, I just think that, you know, the Giants are going to know this. And it's like, we've seen the Giants this year, and it's this is Giant football. I mean, I'm not a Giant fan. I'm not a Daniel Jones fan, and I'm not a, even a Barkley fan. I'm really not. I just don't like the whole thing, right? I don't like the whole Giant thing. But that is their game, you know? It's, it's that sloppy, messy, Bears-style football, right? Giants and Bears, it's kind of like, who the hell even knows what's going on out there? It doesn't, the, like a Bears game, doesn't look anything like a Chiefs game, right? I mean, these are just two opposite, or a Rams game, right, and a Bears game. These just don't even look like they're playing the same sport, right? They don't even look like they're in the same on the same level. But it works for them, you know? And um, I think we're probably going to see some of that tonight. You know, just weird bounces and, you know, Questionable play calls and probably a lot of conservative, very conservative stuff going on. Hiding an elbow when you're not looking uh, type thing. Uh. These these teams do not like each other. Waiting for the referee call for giving them the business. (laughs) But... um, Yeah, it should should be good, and I'll be on at halftime with, uh, with Jay Briggs. We, we we don't have to quite. We don't even have to ask Jay who he's done in this one. Um, <laughs> Cowboy fans always get like so excited about their team, and they, I mean they're so crappy for so long, right? I mean they've been so bad for since Jimmy Johnson left, right? I mean they won one with Switzer, but I mean. It was leftover Jimmy, but they've been so bad, right, for so long. It's like real bad. It's like being a Leafs fan. Or a Dolphin fan. <laughs> Same, right? Share <laughs> for so long, and it's like. Don't twist the knife. I'll twist the knife? I, I'll use that, too. Right? I'm going to wear a I know, I know you are, but don't I was, surpri- I was surprised Jay was so critical of Russell Wilson last night during the halftime, man. I, I think Russell Wilson, it's like his style of play, like Rod was saying, it's like it requires that chemistry with his receivers and with his team, and that's going to happen over time. You know, that improvisation, that running around and knowing that that guy's going to be in that spot. It just takes time, you know, and it's like he doesn't have that with these guys yet. I mean, you put Lockett in, in a Broncos uniform and you're going to uh, I'll tell you what, you're not going to say those things about Russell Wilson. You know, he's going to know exactly where he is. Well, yeah, because eventually he's just going to be he's just going to be like nailing those underneath. Right? I'd be like, nail, 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 nail. And they're like, you, you keep covering me deep. I'll just keep marching eight yards, seven yards, eight yards, seven yards. And he'll he'll. He'll pound you that way. So, so, um, Chris, what are you selling tonight? I'd say I got my uh, fifteen dollar pickoff play for the MLB. Made it four in a row yesterday. Looking to start the seat, start the week with five. Also got my uh, fifteen dollar uh, Monday night NFL max out, and uh, looking for something long term. Still, t- now is a great time to hop on. You got MLB, you got uh, NHL coming up. You know, football. F- Thursday, is it Thursday this week? No. Well, NFL, but no, I don't think college. Friday, Saturday, tons of action. So hop on something. Use that promo code WIN15 while you still can. 
Speaking of NHL, you got a four-team NHL preseason parlay lock for us. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know about that, but uh, I'll, I'll do some research. All right. I know Rod's probably got some opinions on that. But anyways, Rod, what do you got for sure, Saturday? I got, a couple of, I, got a, I got a couple of preseason locks. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> but two and all, well, we got it. We got it. We got a game with a four o'clock start, so <laughs> why not? <laughs> <laughs> why not, right? That's that's probably the split squad game that's going because there's a split squad game. They would play one early. Florida Cashville. I think the Panthers are on. Yeah. Yep. See, yeah, that's the early game there. They're playing in the uh, night game too, so they're on a double header. So yeah, one. backup goalie uh, versus squad. backup goalie. Is that what goes on in this? Or third string goalie versus oh, yeah. third string goalie? Might be even the fourth string goalie because sometimes they bring him up too oh, uh, in these preseason. Who's the rented role. goalie? Who's got the rented goalie going? <laughs> we know everyone. Everyone on these rosters can shoot a puck. We know that. <laughs> so it's like, who's the lousy goalie? Up, don't bring up the emergency goalie around a Leafs fan. Okay, I'll, that's all I'm going to say. Because we, we we had that well, game against Carolina. <laughs> That game against Carolina where they called an emergency goalie. I don't remember what the guy's job was, but he stopped like 16 of 18 shots against the Leafs. It's it's, Zamboni driver. Yeah. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah, I remember his name. Yeah, he was a Zamboni driver. <laughs> I like Montreal over so New Jersey. Over, pick that for- I'll take Montreal over Montreal New Jersey. Montreal over New Jersey? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I like that. New Jersey's uh, on my list to be uh, bottom of this season. They're not going to be good. They have props no. on who's going to win the opening faceoff on that one. Well, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you were to bet, <laughs> if you were to bet the, the opening faceoff in the preseason Montreal versus uh, Jersey matchup, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's out there. Rod, what do you got for Sue? For me, over at Pink Bus Training, uh, I got my $15 Monday Night Football Gridiron Crusher. And you can scoop that up alone by itself. Or I got my uh, Monday Insiders Info 3-pack, where you get my three best bets in Monday's action. I got two MLB Crushers, and my 10-star Gridiron Crusher is included in the Monday Insiders Info package. Head on over to Pink Bus Premium. Scoop it up. And as we said, use that promo code WIN15. Save 50% and off on all purchases over at Pink Bus Premium. Montreal plus one fifteen in that game versus um, versus the Devils tonight. Right, I like that. Montreal comes out and uh, gets themselves a win. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. And then look at the I, I unbelievable they got the Kraken at minus one fifty nine. <laughs> Give me the Oilers. They're smoking crack in that one. Yeah, right? I'm going to lay a minus 160 with a crack. Do I look like I'm you know, like minus uh, 160 you know, with the crack? <laughs> right? I'll take the Oilers plus 145 in that one. Rookies are, are playing lights out. Dylan Holloway uh, <laughs> just lighting the lamp. Um, take him to win rookie of the year. I like preseason hockey better than I like regular season hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the few. I follow only, only NHL preseason. Regular season, nah, not so much. Preseason, I'm in. The pennies got you during the regular season, so that's why. <laughs> yeah, I gotta have to find. I gotta find a new penny here. 
We go to Major League Baseball, and uh, we got the Pirates taking on the Reds. Ronzi Contreras on the mound here. I think he's, this guy eventually is going to be really good. We've seen some really good stuff from him up against Chase Anderson, who we love to fade. But can you lay minus 155 on the Pirates? It's tough. Chris, any any opinion of this one? Yeah, it is it is tough, but I'm I can't believe I'm gonna say this in a Chase Anderson game. I'm gonna go with the under in this one, mainly because Contreras has been good outside of you know getting rocked by the Yankees in his last start, but you know, a lot a lot of teams a lot of pitchers are gonna get hit by the Yankees. And um prior to that, Contreras had allowed one run or less in uh four straight starts. And I think you can hold down the Reds, who are pretty much a bare bones lineup at this point in Chase Anderson. He's actually given up one run in back-to-back wins, uh, five innings in each. I think he can actually hold down a soft-hitting Pirates lineup, so I like the under in this one. All right, Chris, thanks for confirming something we suspected for quite some time. You're an idiot. Rod, what do you got? (laughs) (laughs) For for me, this one, uh, I'm going to take Chase Anderson. Just like you said, he's he's been uh, been pitching well lately. His last three, two and one with a 2.57 ERA. And a point seven one whip. Um, he's been pitching well, so uh, I'll, I'll take the Reds here. Uh, I, I know the Pirates. I believe have won uh, the last four. It's the Reds, but uh, time for that streak to end. Reds get one here. Give me the Reds. I'm taking the, the minus one fifty with the Pirates. I'm taking the Pirates and Pirates first five with Rowanzi. Um, I really think this guy's going to be really good. I do. I think he's going to be one of these guys like that's going to be like a sub two and a half ERA guy. Um, you know, when all is said and done, he has that kind of stuff. So I'm going to take the Pirates. First five Pirates for the game. We go to our next game on the board. You know what a board it is. We've got the Nationals up against the Braves. Bryce Elder um, gets the start here. It's funny because like, you ever see Book of Mormons, the uh, play? It's Elder Price. And this one, it's, it's, it's Bryce Elder. It's kind of like... <laughs> it's kind of, it sounds made up. Hello, my name is Bryce Elder. I'd like to share this book with you. This book will it's, change your life. Hello. Like that was what was on the end table in the delivery room. Hello. <laughs> and that's how it came to be. I love that. I, I, I usually go to one play a year with my wife. You know, it's like it's like I suck it up. It's like I always pick, try and pick a good one. And book of Mormon was like one of my favorites. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, sure, our friends in Utah appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Salt Lake uh, City. <laughs> speaking of which, I got to remember I, I PVR'd Sister Watch. There you go. I got to remember that. I got to remember that. Take some time out of my day to watch that. But uh, now for this one, I'm going to go with the, the Braves. Uh, maybe I take them on the run line. However you want to take it. I don't mind. It's 260. Not in my money line wheelhouse, but I might lay the run line here, mainly because I know Bryce Elder, not necessarily a consistent starter in this Braves rotation, but he did hold the Nats to one run over five and two-thirds in his last start. And the Braves need to win these games if, if the weekend series with the Mets is going to have any weight in the division series. Or sorry, the, uh, the sorry the uh, the division race. I think um, you know the Braves get the win here. I'm not a fan of Corey Abbott. He's been getting roughed up in his last few starts in a small sample size. So give me the uh, give me the Braves in the run line in this one. 
And for me in this one, uh, you look, uh, it was time between these uh, two teams when uh, Elder was starting. Um, he pitched, and uh, Abbott pitches better at home. So uh, he's got a 3.27 ERA at home. I know he's 0-1, but uh, small sample size there. So I'm, I'm going to take the plus one and a half here with uh, the Washington Nationals. I think this is a one-run game all day. So uh, can you give me plus money with that? So uh, I'll take the plus one and a half with the Nationals. I think it's a closer game than what people think here. I think when you look at Abbott, you know, it's like it's it's he doesn't pitch that much, right? So it's like you got to look at the at the, the bigger yeah. picture here. He doesn't go that deep into games. He is a 70-pitch max guy. Um, the the deeper he goes in the games, the deeper doo-doo he steps in. And um, I don't know. The, I'm not a big Bryce Elder guy, to be honest with you. He just seems to always be in trouble, too. I like the over in this game. I think we're going to see a crap ton of runs. I'm going to go with the over in this. Go to our next game. The light card. If you were to bet the over. Face off Vegas <laughs> preseason game tonight against the Kings. Who do you think might win that opening face off, Chris? <laughs> I mean, by chance, you know, asking asking for a friend. Yeah, let's go Vegas. All right. I think let's it, go Kings. This is the type of bet where the book maxes you out at like 200 bucks. Like the most you can bet on it is 200. Yeah, you can't bet. They do not allow. What what do you mean you're trying to bet $10,000 on the opening face off? (laughs) What do you mean? They do not allow it. 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 I know that for a fact. Um,. Toronto Blue Jays up against the Yankees. Kevin Gausman against Severino. I rarely take the Yankees, but, well, I, rare, I, I even rarely, more rarely take uh, Kevin Gausman. So, uh, yeah, and then the Yankees in this one, getting him as a dog. Um, I just, I don't see it. Without the travel restrictions, the Blue Jays aren't going to be quite the same home team that they've been. That's for sure. Chris, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with the Blue Jays in this one. I know you know taking Kevin Gausman might be crazy, but he's held the uh, the Yankees in check for much of this season. I think it's two runs he's allowed across 11 plus innings in uh, two starts against the Yankees. And uh, the Blue Jays they've been playing their better ball at home as of late, and I think that uh, Blue Jays can can win one here. This series means just as much to Toronto, maybe even a little bit more so than it does to the Yankees here, who are pretty much already. Getting the first round by Toronto, still trying to fight for that uh, positioning in the wild card race, and uh, are starting to focus on the wild card. I think the Yankees too far ahead for the uh, for the division now. So, give me the uh, give me the Blue Jays in this one. Yep, I agree with you. Galvin sucks balls, Rod. <laughs> I do. I agree. Gelson does suck balls. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Jays fan, and I I feel like all year he's awful. Like, I can't do it. Um, I mean, I'm going to take the Yankees on the run line, on the reverse run line here. Um, I mean, on the minus one and a half, big plus money. On that. I think they blow the Jays out of the water. I'm not a Gausman fan um, at all. Uh, he's pardoned me too many times. Uh, I had faith in him early, and he was awful. Uh, don't have faith in him at all. And you look at the Blue Jays uh, giving up home runs. I think someone's going to hit 61 today. Uh, the Blue Jays uh, love giving home runs up at the Rogers Center. They're averaging over 1.1 home runs a game, um, giving up uh, this season. So 
Uh, I'm going to take the Yankees here. You give me too much plus money uh, for them to come in and uh, blow up the Blue Jays in this one. Everybody's going to hump up on the Blue Jays. Oh, the Yankees played in the night game. Oh. I'll take the Yankees. Take the Yankees also. Go to our last game on the court on the card. It is the Red Sox against the Orioles. Connor Seabold up against Jordan Lyles. Yuck. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> I'm gonna take the Orioles in this one. I I, I have zero faith in Connor Seabold. And uh the Orioles still hanging on by a thread in the playoff race. And you know, I think uh, Jordan Miles, the veteran pitcher here, can come in. You know, this is what they kind of rely on him for is just for experience in these in these uh, bigger situations. And I think Lyles can get the job done. Maybe it's a fate of Connor Seabold more than anything else, but uh, give me the Orioles in this one. Rod? Now for me in this one, uh, I'm going to take the under uh, first five. I think we got a lower scoring uh, early in this game. Uh, Lyles has a good start. You look, the last time Lyles did face uh, against this Boston team, uh, it was not pretty. I believe he gave up eight runs. And uh, for that to happen again is usually pretty rare. So I think Lyles comes out and has a good start. And uh, we got lower scoring uh, first five. I don't know what happens after that because uh, you get the bullpens and all that can break loose. So I'll take the under first five in this one. I did uh, props on uh, on my seven free props in under seven minutes, which I called in just five minutes, but it's not going to be five minutes. It takes way longer than that. Um, Seabold over strikeouts, Lyles, un- Lyles under. So Lyles gets a lot of guys out. He doesn't strike a lot of guys out. Seabold doesn't get a lot of guys out, but the ones that he does, he strikes them out. So just the way that it is. Chris, do you have any parlay today? You can include preseason NHL props if you like. <laughs> I'm going to try to not do that. But uh, now I'll go with the uh, the Yerfi in um, the Braves and Nationals. And, you know, I'll throw in a player prop in there as well. And I'll parlay that with uh, Jake Fraley to hit a home run um, for the Cincinnati Reds. What's your preferred French fry? I know, like, lately I've seen, like, a lot of these fries have batter on the outside or, like, uh, flour-coated or something. What's your favorite fry? <laughs> like, you know, steak fry, you like the crinkle cut, you like, you know, what's, what is your, what's your preference? Best fry that I think I could, I could say is McDonald's fries when they're fresh. Fresh McDonald's fries. So the shoestring fry. Yeah. Yeah, they make a good French fry when it's fresh. Fresh McDonald's fries. I've, I don't think I've had those in, God. Fresh McDonald's fries or McDonald's fries in general? McDonald's fries in general. I don't think I've Not had good. them since like the Jimmy Carter administration or something. <laughs> Maybe before. <laughs> 70s. When they used the beef fat. Rod? Mm. That's when they used the beef fat, right? See, beef fat in, I, in the French fries. That's the way I, to go. I wouldn't, lie about, I wouldn't lie about that. Big block, big block comes with yeah. a big block. <laughs> Who knows about a block of beef fat? Well, right. If there's anyone that's going to know about the block of beef fat, I think we've come to the right place. <laughs> yeah, my favorite fry. I, I, I love the curly fry. How can you not love the curly fry? I, I love the curly fry. So, like the curly fry, like, often comes seasoned. If, if 
And batter Correct. dipped. I, I like the spicy curly fries. So it's, spicy curly. Yeah. Those what do you think of the? Why do they batter good. dip the like fries? Those. Why do they like put this batter on it or flour or whatever it is on the fry? Stays it's, longer. It's it's, it's it's a cornstarch mix. It's a cornstarch mix, right? So then what happens is uh, because what they do is they pre cook your fry, right? Like when you get it, so that way they can you can put them in the oven and they cook in half an hour. They pre cook your fries. So what they do is they they blanch. What they call is they blanch your fries. It comes through the thing and they coat it in, the in beef fat. It blanches through the thing, and that way you get more. Yeah, probably in beef fat. <laughs> and 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 then they uh, flash freeze them and cool them, so they have that crispy. But they they want to they want so you get a crispier fry in the oven. That's why they've been putting that coating on there. But most people these days you throw it in the air fryer. It's better than the oven. <laughs> I don't like the air fryer. Not a fan. It, you have to wash because you, you it'll go from being being good to really really dry because that's what it is an air fryer so it's drying out your food is what it's doing um but the trick is you take that uh take that zero fat cooking spray <laughs> and spray some of that on top in the air fryer and then that'll give you a little more crisp on things and give you more of that deep fried fryer flavor and then I like the crinkle cut fry because the crinkle cut fry has those little ridges. It's like a pasta. You want those little ridges. So that way you can pour grit uh, or toppings and then it, it, it gets absorbent. You get more of that uh, stuff in it. So if I'm having poutine, I like the crinkle cut. I can't stand that batter on my fries. Hate it. I like a crinkle cut or steak fry, either one, but I don't like that batter on it. They batter on. I don't eat them at all. Like just the regular potato. Straight the potato. <laughs> Did you give a parlay, Rod? Yeah, for me, we're uh, just a two-teamer. We're going to take the Oilers over the Kraken, and we're going to take the Rangers over the Islanders. Two-teamer in hockey preseason. I'll take the uh, Rangers, Oilers, Pirates, Braves over, and the Yankees. Mitch, thanks for joining us. Make it a winning day. Our premium VIP show. I mean, I don't even know if we're going to do it. Um, maybe we'll do it, but I don't even have a pick. So, all right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us.